Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Bulky Boo Podcast. This is episode 17, and it is going to be a, a double double header sort of thing. It's going to be a Chelsea versus Everton preview and a Champions League group stage review. So, as the Everton match is coming up, I'll do the preview last. And I'll do the group stage review first. Now, a couple of things I just want to point out. Firstly, I've got hiccups right now. Right now, so I apologise for that. Um, secondly, I did record or attempted to record this yesterday. And I fell asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep mid-recording. And... I was doing, I did the first, like, I did the first section going through the Champions League group stage review and got to one of the score lines when we scored and I just went quiet because like, I, li- I listened to it back and I went quiet and about for the first, for the first, like, 10 minutes, after I went quiet, every two or three minutes or so, I said a player name. And then from there, I was quiet for about 45 minutes. But it felt like I blinked. But then it turned out like 40, 50 odd minutes had passed. But that ain't going to happen today. I'm wide, aw- I'm wide awake. I'm ready to go. So let's get straight into the Champions League group stage review for Chelsea. So we started off with our group being Sevilla, Krasnodar, Ren and ourselves. We we topped the group and out of six ma- six matches played, we had four wins, two draws, no losses, two goals conce- two goals conceded, 14 scored. Which gives us a goal difference of plus twelve, and a points to- points total for the group stage as fourteen. Sevilla finished second with thirteen points, a plus one plus one goal difference. Their only loss in the group was to us. Um, Krasnodar get the Europa League spot with five five points minus five goal difference, and then Ren, unfortunately, they're out. Of Europe completely with only one point, which they secured, I think, against Krasnodar on game one, and then five losses minus eight goal difference. They pushed us all the way in the second leg of what the reverse fixture. Um, but speaking of the results, I'm gonna get into them right now. So, our first match in the group stage. We play, played Sevilla at home. It was a nil-nil, which at the, at the time, it was Edu Mendy's third game with us. Um, his first, first being the one all against Spurs in the cup. And then the 4-0 against, against Palace. Um, however, this nil-nil against Sevilla, I think at the time... 
was a very good result because we were on the back of a 3-3 three and three against Southampton. Our defence was all over the place. Kepa was in goal and making a shitload of mistakes. I mean, having going from three conceded to none conceded is always a good thing. Um, and Sevilla are a difficult team. So I see that as a point gained. Um, I think it was in a Sevilla match in the first leg where Jorginho missed a penalty. I might be wrong. I might be Krasnodar. Um, I'll, I'll double check at a later time. Um, it was either Sevilla or Krasnodar. Now, if it was against Sevilla, then it could have been costly, but it turned out it didn't. So I'm going to calm on the situation. Uh, with When Timo's on, Jorginho George, seems to be off penalty duty anyway when Timo's playing. Werner, that is not not to be confused with Tino Andrew, Andrew. Um Yeah, I can't really say much more than that on the first severe match. We looked defensive, defensively solid. They did have majority of the game, but we dealt we dealt with them. Um, and then the following week, we move in to Krasnodar. We go away to Krasnodar in Russia. We win that 4-0. And ultimately, I think 4-0 was a, was a bit flattering, um, if I'm being completely honest. We, Hudson-Odoi put us ahead uh, after, after, I think, 35 minutes or so. Proper howler from the goalkeeper. Um, by the by the by the way, this was in front of ten thousand of their fans. It was the f- first match we'd played in front of fans since March. Um, uh, since the Brighton game, friendly. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so Hudson Odoi put us ahead. Proper goalkeeper howler. But if you don't take the shot, you don't get a reward. So. All all credit to Hudson Odoi for actually taking the shot. Um, and then we we looked slow, we looked lethargic. Looked like we didn't have a clue what to do going forward. And then Lampard made a couple of substitutions, and we we switched to a four three three. We had Timo up front, Pulisic left wing. Ziyech right right wing and we had um we put Kante in front of the back four with Mount and Havertz playing as number eights and it worked and we went from 1-0 to 4-0 in a in the blink of an eye and Timo got a goal I do believe it was a penalty <coughs> Ziyech then scored his what I do believe was his first goal for Chelsea, and then Pulisic as well, getting a getting a nice goal, and as I say, it, it was it was a switch that we needed, and it it what carried on from there. We went from that. I think we played Burnley afterwards, um, and we beat them comfortably. That was a. 
that seemed to be our Anto- Antonio Conte moment, where we were struggling. We were winning, to be fair, but we were struggling. And then we clicked into formation and we just ran with it. And we've stuck with it since. Um, I don't think it's changed since. But that does bring us nicely into Chelsea 3, Wren 0 at Stamford Bridge. Um, team over a brace of penalties. Tammy scored as well. Finally getting on the end of one of Reese James's peach crosses. And, yeah, I mean, it, seven, seven points after three games, unbeaten, no goals conceded. You look at it and you go, we're on, we're on, we're on, cor- we're on course for something good here. On the other breath, Sevilla was the exact same as us. They had the same number of points, not the same number of goals, the same number of points. So we we were above them um, at that point, and it it was one of those where all we needed, depending on the Sevilla versus Krasnodar result the following week again, when we played Ren away, what we need. What we needed was for us to win and for Sevilla to win, for us to be qualified. And that's exactly what happened in the, in the next round. So week four, we go to France and we beat Rennes 2-1. With Hudson-Odoi scoring. Um, again, fantastic ball by Mason Mount. Wins, wins, wins possession, absolute peach of a, peach of a pass. If Fabregas or De Bruyne or someone like that made that pass, it wouldn't be it, people wouldn't stop talking about it. It was that it was that good. They equalised with like what ten minutes to go or something like that, and then ninety first minute, the big man himself, Ollie G, proving why he's going to be vital for this team. He comes up with a big header. Werner Werner had a shot. Goalie saved it, floats up into the air and Giroud just nods it into the net. And it it sounds a lot more simple than it actually was. The spin on the ball could have easily have taken it away from Giroud. But it was a big header. If if it did if it didn't go in, we would have had a penalty anyway, because there was a guy on the line and he tried punching it out of the net. Um that weren't the goalkeeper. Because the, the header went past the goalkeeper and there was the, one of the defenders on the line and he tried punching it out. So, yeah, we would have had a penalty anyway. Zoe would have had a chance for Timo to win the game rather than Giroud. But with that result, we qualified. We were already through the last 16. And then the vital one was against Sevilla because if we beat Sevilla in round five we topped the group and that's exactly what we did we beat them 4-0 away at at their ground obviously because as I said it's away in Spain and Giroud with all four goals 
And it was the perfect combination. Right foot, left foot, header, penalty. Um, The only thing that would have made it even more perfect would have been if he'd have got a fifth and it would have been a free kick. Then that's the... That's the complete set. But your man scores four goals in one match. Can't complain. You really can't complain. And if you do, you're not a realist. The fact is, we'd have been happy if he'd have just scored one. Let alone let alone all four. Um, it's it, it was a great game. Great re- Great result. Let's not take it away from from anyone. It was a great result. Going to to Sevilla. Now bear in mind, at home they're quite decent. They don't lose against English teams at home, and we walked we walked in there and walked away with all three points from the group stage. Four goals scored and unconceded. That's it's a huge result and. Yeah, as I said, we we topped the group. Um, at this stage, Sevilla, uh, not Sevilla, Krasnodar beat Ren, um, so that they sealed the Europa League spot. And yeah, I mean, we then go into the last week of the Champions League, and we play Krasnodar at home, at home. Completely rotated squad, like our goalkeeper and back five completely rota- rotated. We had Kepper in goal, um, Emerson left back, I think. Rudiger, Christensen, Aspie, Billy, Billy Gilmore played, Andrewin played. Like we weren't, we weren't full strength. Let's be real, and we weren't at full intensity as well. They went one 0 up. And it seemed like we were like, right, we need to step it up a bit so that we don't lose. And we, we got the we got the penalty. George because Timo Werner weren't playing at the time, Jorginho took it, he scored it. And then again, we just we just geared de- geared down, put the brakes on and just cruised. Cruised through the match. Not not wear ourselves out, and we topped the group. And with us being top of the group, it makes it makes our next round relatively easier. Um, on on paper, it makes it easier because you look at the teams who did finish top of their group. You got PSG, Real Madrid. Juve and Bayern Munich that we can play could you add us Liverpool uh, Man City who would I want who do, who have I missed so teams finishing top you had Bayern Munich Real Madrid um Man City, Liverpool, Dortmund, I think, finished top as well of their group. Juve and then PSG. So what that actually leaves us is because we 
because we play a team in second, we play, or we get the, we, we're in a draw against Atletico, Madrid, Borussia Mönchengladbach, Porto, Atalanta, Lazio, Barcelona, and RB Leipzig. We can't play Sevilla, because we're in our group. So the rules for the last 16 is a team can't play um, a team from from the same country or the same group. So, I mean, the English teams finished top anyway, barring Man United, who dropped down to Europa League, but... So, like, for example, Juve won't be able to play Lazio or Atalanta. Same as Real Madrid won't be able to play Atletico Madrid or Barcelona. Um, Bayern won't won't be able to play Mönchengladbach or Leipzig. It's just how it works. Um, So, we... Barnes... Barring Sevilla, we can play everyone out of the second place teams. Um, I've got a feeling I know who we will get. However, there are two that I want. I've, I want Porto or Leipzig. Porto, they didn't look all that great, I'll be completely honest. And Leipzig, they're beatable. It's also Timo Werner's home. He can say goodbye sort of thing. Well, I say it's home. He's former home. And he can sort of like say a proper goodbye in front of their fans and whatnot. Um, however, I've got a feeling we're going to get Barcelona. There's always a glamour tie. Always. And... We always seem to get Barcelona in the last 16. Or at some point of the Champions League and we can face them this round. I th- I think we will get Barcelona. But we find out on Monday, I think that is. And when when I know, I'll, I'll be going. I'll be mentioning it here. But... Until then, all I can really do is focus on the games coming up. <laughs> and we've got Everton coming up. And let's move into the preview for that. So, <laughs> we are playing at Goodison Park. Um, looking at a press conference. Wasn't really much to be, much to be said. Ziyech and Hudson-Odoi are out. With um, injuries, Pulisic felt felt a strain in his hamstring last match, but he's been training normally this week. Um, with the other injuries, we're gonna have to risk him or play a kid. Um, or, or play a player out of position, should I say? So. I personally wouldn't wouldn't risk him. I'd rather have him miss miss out for one game and be fully fit and then move into the the um the Christmas period like and actually have him available. 
However, I have got two lineups. Two lineups ready. One with Pusic, one without. So I'm gonna quickly run through them. The back five will stay the will stay the same in both lineups. So it'd be Mendy and goal, Reese James, Thiago Silva, Kurzuma, Ben Chilwell. That's the same in both lineups. Uh um the first one, I've got a midfield three of Kante, Mount and Havertz. And then a front three of Werner, Giroud and Pulisic. The second one is Kante, Mount and Kovacic. And a front three of Werner, Giroud and Havertz. So, if Pulisic plays, I don't think Kovacic plays. And Havertz plays in midfield, Pulisic on, on the wing. If Pulisic doesn't play, Kovacic does, and it'll be Havertz on the wing, Kovacic in the midfield. Um, either way, I think we've got plenty enough to give Everton a good hiding. Um, with they're without some big players. Um, they've. I don't think they've got. They haven't got Coleman. They haven't got Dinya. So, I mean, they're gettable. And the one thing I want us to do tomorrow is someone, for fuck's sake, take a long shot. But before I carry on with that, the one thing I will say involving the lineup as well is we've got Andrin, who can play. We've got Billy Gilmore. Now, Billy went to Everton last season, or played against Everton last season, and he won man of the match. In what I think was his full Premier League debut, his first start, um... After winning Manor a match against Liverpool in the cup, and then we went it, then we went into lockdown, pretty much straight after. Um, so I wouldn't be against Billy Gilmore playing, same as if if Lampard doesn't want to play Havertz on the wing, play Andrin. Go for it. it this Everton back line is depleted. We can get at them. And ultimately, their biggest weakness at the back isn't their defenders. It's their goalkeeper. He's honestly trash. Jordan Pickford. Watch I watch say that. He'll have an absolutely world-class game tomorrow. But I want to see Mount, Havertz, Werner even. Having long shots, just take a shot, sting his palms. Because not only does it mean he's going to be under pressure, but it also gives that gives that defense something to think about. Be like, well, we can't just keep sitting off, sitting off, because they're they're going to take the shot, and if they take the shot, it could go in or 
he could fumble it because they don't trust her. They, there's no way in hell does that defence trust trust that goalkeeper fully. There's no way in hell. So, yeah, just take a pot shot. It'll probably be Mount doing it, but he can't be the only one. You need need to mix it up because then what it does is it brings the defence out to close down, which then creates space for Giroud to then pick up a little pocket of, spe- pocket of space, which then allows the wingers to run off him and he can either play it into them or score himself. Another thing is we need Giroud tomorrow. We need his aerial threat, which I can't believe I'm saying given how tall Tammy is. But Giroud is a lot better in the air than Tammy Abraham. And I think that'll come with age when it comes to when it comes to Tammy, but tomorrow we need Giroud because Reese James, Chilwell, they're gonna be firing in crosses. We need we need him to get on the end of them and we need our wingers to be running in at a back post as well. Just in case, but Timo, for fuck's sake, whatever you do, don't don't stop a goal from going in. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, I've spoke about this before. That that shot was saved, in my opinion. They showed a slow mo. Melier got his hand to it, so I'm not gonna blame Werner. He's still contributing, even when he ain't scoring. His mind's in the right place. It's it's fine. It's completely fine. I do back him to get a, a goal tomorrow. Um. Yeah, I'm, I do. I, I back him to get a goal tomorrow. I also think Mount will get a goal tomorrow. On the um, fifth stand up, I predicted a three-one because Calvert Lewin is on form. Was it three-one? Did I predict 3-1 or 3-0? It, it, it was one of the two, but I think if there is a threat from Everton, it'll be that Rodriguez and Calvert-Lewin link-up. Because Calvert-Lewin is on 11 goals already, out of 11 matches played. It's won a match. But Leeds, Leeds kept him quiet. And that's a good sign for me. Because, well, if they kept him quiet and we kept them quiet, it, it yeah, I mean, I think we'll be able to. Um, I think we'll have enough with Zil- uh, Silver and Zuma to deal with him. Wouldn't be surprised if Kurzuma doesn't get another goal. Like or if he does get another goal, sorry, I wouldn't be surprised because he's he's just a tank in the air. <laughs> we get a corner, it goes into that little area around the penalty spot. He's our bang straight in the in the, in the net. He's our joint top Premier League goal scorer. I think. I think that was the stat. The stat anyway. We got we got Werner on four Premier League goals. We got Zuma on four Premier League goals. But the thing is, our goals have been so scattered around in terms of Premier League. It's 
it is it's a brilliant it's a brilliant thing to have because that means if one player isn't scoring another player is so all right Verna isn't 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 on double figures already and whatnot but other teams aren't having as many people scoring as we are and normally if we win tomorrow which I believe we will well I'll say tomorrow for me it's tonight um eight o'clock tonight which is six hours 16 16 minutes away um if we win we go temporary top again um we just we just need whoever Tottenham and Liverpool are playing to do us a favour um We've also got the Manchester Derby, which I, I hope Man, uh, Man, Man City do us a favour as well. Because if a lot of people don't realise, and we've been slagging off Man United and laughing at them and whatnot, if they win, they're tired on points of us. Because they, well, they, if they win their game in hand, should I say, as it stands, they, they're tired on points of us. And we then can't sit there and say we've had a great start and they've had a shit one. So, let Man City, um, Pep, do us a favour, please. You need this win just as much as we want you to win. Um, but don't embarrass Ollie. Like, 2-1, maybe a 3-1, so that Ollie stays in his job. Because ultimately, with Ollie at the, quote, at the wheel... They ain't gonna do do much. They might get the. They'll get the. They go through phases. One one minute they'll lose a few in a row, and then out of nowhere, bang! They get a good result against a big team, and then and then it'll be a couple couple of grindy results like against your West Ham's, your Brighton's, and whatnot. And then they'll lose to a team you'll never see coming. Like, they'll lose to a Fulham or someone. And then they'll go on a shit run of form. It, it's, it's been the same thing under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for, what, nearly two years now. Good results, bad results. Good results, bad results. And ultimately, I, th- I saw it yesterday. I think it was. I think it was... Um, I think it was Rance. He turned and said they're winning these matches in spite of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer being there. The fact that they were 13th before Bruno came in. And then they picked up form. But it weren't through Ollie doing a masterclass. It was through basically the lift that Fernandez gave them. And Alright, he did give him a lift. Which, by the way, he won player of the month again. Which is utterly ridiculous, in my opinion. Same as um, another thing that wound me up. EA and FIFA Ultimate Team. They did a Champions League um, team of the tournament. Or team team of the group stage. They didn't put a single fucking Chelsea player in it. 
Like we we were the first the f- actual first team to qualify for the last sixteen. We conceded two goals all fucking tournament, scored fourteen, and not a single Chelsea player was in that uh, team of the tournament. Absolutely ridiculous. A lot of people aren't praising what Chelsea are actually doing. And I'll give you a prime example. Right. This season, Tottenham, Jose Mourinho, right? They're, as much as it pains me to say, they're doing really well. They're top of the league. They got no complaints. Um They've played a few of the big boys already. They've played four they've played four of their five rivals in the big six. Right? Name me the only person who has got point points off of Jose doing that. Because it isn't Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Isn't Mikel Artel. Isn't Pep Guardiola. It's Frank Lampard. Now the big thing is, Oli went at them. Big mistake. Leave yourself wide open for the counter-attack. Pep Guardiola. He attacked them. Leaving themselves wide open for a counter-attack. And hold on, what did Arsenal do last week? Oh yeah, that's right. They went at Spurs and left themselves wide open for a counter-attack. What did Lampard do? He sat back and went, you come at us. And everyone in the media... Everywhere else went, what's he doing? He's arrogant. He's stupid. Why are you not taking the game to Jose in this Tottenham team? I'll tell you why. Because look at the other three in this rivalry bracket. They lost. Lampard got a point. When are they going to sit there and actually go, hold on, Lampard did a bit of genius work there. He didn't set up his team to... Be caught on the counter-attack. And if anything, we should have won. Won the match. But no, because it's Lampard, because it's Chelsea, he won't get the praise he deserves. And even last season, he didn't get a praise he deserved. He took us from oh, he took us from third to fourth in position-wise. But look at all the fucking circumstances. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Hazard. Transfer ban. Youth. Like, and the fact that that was only his second season ever as a manager. And then he gets compared to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer all the fucking time. Who needed 250 million to beat him on goal difference. And who, by the way, keeps getting called inexperienced. He's had, like, one one or two seasons as a manager less than Pep Guardiola has. You look at... Lampard was still a player at Chelsea when Oli was the manager of Cardiff who got relegated in the Premier League in 2013. So I don't want to hear none of this bullshit about Oli's inexperienced and Lampard is this and that. Let's actually praise the man when he does well. If he does wrong, criticise him, yeah. Question it. 
But when he's doing right, like he is doing right now, we've only we've only conceded like four or five goals since Southampton. And that was what? 13 matches ago, I think. Maybe 12. We've had six Champions League and six Premier League. So yeah, I mean, no, no one's. They're quick to, they're quick to slag him off. They're quick to say Lampard out. They're quick to say Ollie's at the wheel. They're quick to say Mikel Arteca's, as troops put it. But they won't sit there and praise Lampard. It's completely bizarre. Completely bizarre. I really don't get it. But that's that's when we're at our best. When the chips are down and it feels like it's us against the world. And you know what? It is us against the world. And fuck what anyone else thinks. We are going all the way this year in the league. And with this Everton game tomorrow, we've got a bit of a gap between us and playing. Do we have a bit of a gap? No, uh, we play Wolves midweek. And so we've got Everton tonight, we play Wolves midweek, and then we've got six days until West Ham on the 21st. So, let me just look, I'm just double-checking the fixture list now. Yeah, so we've got Everton today at 8 o'clock. Then we've got Wolves midweek at 6 o'clock, and then we've got West Ham six days later. So these next two games, give it everything. And if we can walk out of there, these next two away games, away at Everton, away at Wolves, with six points. And then go to have that break, go to West Ham at home and pick up points there. If we can get through Christmas and New Year in these next six games, so Everton, Wolves, West Ham, Arsenal, Villa... City, if we can get out of there with minimum 14 points, so I'm looking at four wins, two draws. If we can come out there with minimum 14 points, we'll be, we'll be good, we'll be good, because I think we can beat Everton, I think we'll beat Wolves, I think we'll beat West Ham. We, we obviously can beat Arsenal. Um, and I think we will the points I think will drop would be Aston Villa away uh, at home sorry Villa at home because it's two days and then City well they're City but I mean obviously I want us to win them all it'd be great if we could we haven't actually lost a match in 90 minutes since Liverpool but since we lost on penalties to Spurs, we've had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Four, we're 14 unbeaten since the Tottenham loss in the Cup. However, in 90, 90 minutes, we're 17 unbeaten. 
3, 9, 14, 16, 17, 15, 16, 17, yeah. In 90 minutes, we haven't lost in 17 matches. So, I mean, you could say it's coming. Hopefully it ain't, obviously, but I think if it does, it'll be against Man City. But I'm also... I'm also going to be calm if we do lose. Because at the end of the day... Well, I say I'm going to be calm. Depends on the manner of loss. But at the end of the day, the way we've bounced back from that Liverpool defeat. And then... Alright, we've had a couple of dodgy results. Like the three-all draws against West Brom and Southampton. But since the three-all draw against Southampton, we've only conceded... Four goals. Nil-nil with Sevilla. Nil-nil Man United. Four-nil win against Krasnodar. Three-nil Burnley. Three-nil Wren. Four-one Sheffield. Two-nil Newcastle. Two-one Wren. Nil-nil against Spurs. Four-nil Sevilla. Three-one Leeds. And one-one Krasnodar. Since the Southampton result. Kept a fair... F- one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight clean sheets. And as I said, only four goals conceded. We haven't conceded more than one goal since that Southampton game. Mendy hasn't conceded more than one a game. And, I mean, it's a brilliant time to be a Chelsea fan right now. It really is. We looked at the start of the season, yeah, we had all these new signings, but we still didn't have a goalkeeper at the time. We were were like, oh, fuck, come on, we need a goalkeeper. We got the goalkeeper and it's worked. It's been brilliant since having Edu Mendy in. And it's not just him. And, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see where it goes, but ultimately I want us to go to Everton tonight, get the three points, get home, and then... Go to Wolves, get the three points there. But I will be doing a preview for Wolves. I'll also be doing a review for Everton in the same... Well, actually, I don't think it'll be the same thing. No, it won't be. I'll do Everton preview. And then I'll do a Wolves preview along with the Premier League weekend review. So I do hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please share this around. Um, any form of help you guys can do will be brilliant. Give me a follow on Twitter at cookco 4 I'll leave a, I'll leave how you spell it in the description. But until next time, guys, I hope you have a good day and peace out. Goodbye.